0: I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed
1: too. Also, I got to say the... Insta-lebrities have been very, very supportive. Um, There's a lot of different animals on Instagram that are so generous with kind of trying to find a, a good cause to give back to, and so that's helped with fundraising. That was a clip from the Making a Positive Change Spotlight on
0: Nonprofits panel from PetCon NYC 2018, which took place at the Javits Center on November 17th. The Making a Positive Change panel features Sally Williams, founder of the Birdie Fund, Sarah Brasky, founder of Foster Dogs, Joey Texera, senior manager of Planned Giving at ASPCA and Human to Merv the Chihuahua, and Brittany Vega of Harlow and Sage. Now let's get back to the panel.
2: So my name is Brittany Vega. This is my dog, Reese. Um, we run an account called Harlow and Sage. <laughs> I'm up here with Joey Texera and Mervin, the Chihuahua, yeah! <laughs> and then um, Sally Williams from the Brody Fund, Woo! and Sarah Braski on the end from Foster Dogs NYC. Woo! If you guys will all just kind of introduce yourselves and talk about your,
1: yourselves. <laughs> sure. I guess I'll start. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Sarah Brasky from Foster Dogs, and we are based in New York City. And we're a nonprofit organization that helps more shelter dogs find foster homes. And now uh, we're also getting a little bit into cats. Uh, The Cat Cafe was organized by us, so if you enjoyed meeting the cats today, they're all in foster care, so you can see the joys of fostering. Uh, We work to spread the word about fostering and adoption, and we do that by running workshops. We have an online database of people who want to foster. And it's just all about being positive and spreading the word about why it's really, really important to rescue an animal. So that's foster dogs
3: my name is sally williams i'm the founder and director of the brody fund and we raise money to offer financial assistance to families that have dogs or cats diagnosed with cancer Uh, we currently work with hospitals in new york new jersey and connecticut we will be expanding to colorado in 2019 and it was named after my cat, Birdie, And in his memory and his legacy is living on. Uh, we've given uh, 27 grants now in just about three years.
4: Hello, I'm Joey Texera. Uh, I am here with Mervin, my dog, Mervin the Chihuahua. And I actually, my day job, I work for the ASPCA. I work in the planned giving department and major giving, so fundraising.
2: So I'm going to be asking everyone individual questions, but feel free to join in and keep the discussion nice and open. Um, my first question is for Joey. Uh, Joey, how do you and Mervin use social media to help spread awareness of important issues like proper pet care, adop- adoption, and puppy mills? And advice uh, do you have for organizations who want to reach out and work with an influencer like Mervyn?
4: So with Mervyn's account, we try to lead by example. We, for anybody who is not familiar with Mervin, he was adopted from the ASPCA Adoption Center about five years ago, and he has many siblings. We actually, my partner and I have four other rescue dogs and two rescue cats, so we have a full house. And we really try to, they each have accounts, and we try to show their everyday lives and you know, the love that they get and going to the vet and just normal everyday stuff. So that's really, we try to lead by example and promote adoption because they've all been adopted. Um, And anybody who's interested in working with an influencer, any nonprofits, I would suggest reaching out obviously and sending an email that's informative.
2: Sarah, what is the most successful program at Foster Dogs NYC and how has this program not only made a difference within your organization but within the community and the online community as well?
1: Sure. So we have a couple programs that you may have heard about. One of them is called FOSPIS and it is an end of life foster program. So while it sounds really sad, it's actually a really special program where we choose a dog that's either with a rescue group or in a shelter. And then we help that dog find an end of life foster home for what's usually about a few months. So that's our FOSPAS program, which we named this year after Chloe Cardagian, who was a really big supporter, and she died this year, and she had raised a lot of money for, the, for our organization to run FOSPAS. So it's now Chloe's FOSPAS Friends, and it's a, a really nice way to give back from one senior dog who has passed to, to help more dogs who are in the end, end stages of their life. Um, that's been a really special program to see over the years and we've helped dozens of dogs um in in the new york city area and hopefully more in the years to come Uh, by the way this is chewy she's up for adoption and uh she's she makes really funny noises and if she does it (laughs) again You may hear them, um, and she's got a lot of personality, so don't don't mind her her little grunts. Um, so another program that we run is called Foster Roster, and that's an online database of people. Any anyone here can sign up uh, on our website fosterdogsnyc.com under Join Us, and our Foster Roster is a easy five minute application, and then we have the ability to contact you with suggestions of dogs that need foster homes. So if you say that you want uh, a large dog because your dog gets along better with large dogs and you live in this area and you have kids, then we can find you a child-friendly large dog for fostering and we're going to reach out with local opportunities. So it's a really cool way for us to connect with lots of different rescue groups and lots of new people who want to foster. Sally, your cat Brody was the inspiration
2: behind your organization. Can you talk about Brody and his legacy and how your
3: organization works? Sure, so um, this was not something I ever imagined happening, becoming the director of a nonprofit. And uh, I'm a cat behaviorist, that's my day job and Brody uh, developed cancer and I spent a lot of time at the hospital. Uh, He was treated with radiation, so we were there five days a week for four weeks. And I chose to stay. And sit and wait for him. I don't know why. I just could never leave. And I heard a lot of stories, uh, a lot of conversations between clients and veterinarians, and getting the news of my pet has cancer. And I knew exactly how they felt in that moment. And listening to the conversations, one of the most heartbreaking ones was the economic one hearing, you know, how much is treatment gonna cost and can the family afford it. And the wheels just started turning, and I thought it's just not acceptable that I know that treatment's available, but somebody might not be able to do this because of the expense. And I spoke to the veterinarian at the hospital. He said I totally agree with you. And I filed for a nonprofit status, and four weeks later, I was the director of a nonprofit. And within a month, we gave our first grant, and it's for both dogs and for cats. Um, they're. Our hospitals: New York, New Jersey, as I said, Connecticut. We'll be in Colorado. So Birdie really has inspired a lot, and we're launching new parts of the Birdie Fund all the time. We were just talking about this that in um, next year we're launching something called Birdie to the Rescue, where for the first time we'll be helping unowned pets. We just did this the very first time with an organization called the Little Wanderers, and they had a cat that had a tumor on his neck, and how adoptable is that cat? It's going to be a lot tougher. You know, it's a senior cat already. So we worked with that organization. Uh, The cat had surgery and was adopted the next day, the day after surgery. So we're always looking for new ways where Brody's legacy can move on. And he was adopted. All my guys are rescues. So it really, to me, I wanted to bring this back around and not just help owned pets, but helped unowned. And we're We have lots of other missions. We have something called Brody Goes Abroad and annually we find a pet in another country to help. Um, Right now we just gave our Tis the Season of Giving grant and it's where we step outside of our network of hospitals and we find an owner and a pet that are doing everything right but they just don't have the money and we help them. So there's so much with Brody's Legacy that we're super proud of.
2: Um, Joey, many people here want to get involved with an organization in their area. What were the steps that you took to finding an organization that aligned with your target mission and what you wanted to do?
4: That's an interesting question because my target mission has changed as my experience in animal welfare has gone on. Um, a good example of that is the ASPCA has taken a real uh, powerful stance on pets and poverty and realizing that there are a lot of pets living in poverty and just because somebody may not have all the resources that are ideal doesn't mean that they shouldn't own pets. You know, if we can keep pets and people together, if they need a little bit of resources and help, then that keeps that animal out of the shelter. And five years ago, when I first started kind of my animal welfare journey, I hadn't really thought of things in that way. So I think that to find a mission that you're aligned with, you should also do a lot of research and education just so that you really know what your mission is. Because like I said, that was something that me personally, a journey I went on and my view evolved as I learned about it. So I think that just researching organizations, researching just information is really important. And then you know, seeing with your own eyes and getting involved is the best way to learn. So just going in, into shelters in your area or reaching out directly to the programs and asking them what they're about, what you can do, I think that's the best way.
2: Um, Sarah, what have you found is the most um, effective way to come up with funding you know, in, in an
1: organization like yours? Funding is always a challenge with any nonprofit; it's sort of a constant battle. Um, unless you have just like millionaires lining up around the door saying, "I want to support your cause," uh, it's it's a little more unusual. But um, with foster dogs, it's been a slow build, and that was where I think that we've developed a lot of trust in the rescue community. Is that we've been doing this for a long time, many years, and we always keep. A- positive vibe and good communication with all the different rescues and so that builds trust and that builds kind of excitement about the cause. So uh, some ways that we've gotten funding are we've gotten some grants and it took a long time so it's not something that happened overnight but we connected with a couple organizations that were aligned with um, kind of our mission and our setup and uh, helped kind of talk to us about what what they want to help fund and how they want to see that happen so we've been really um grateful to have support from from a couple foundations um also i gotta say the the insta celebrities have been very very supportive Um, there's a lot of different animals on instagram that are so generous with kind of trying to find a, a good cause to give back to and so that's helped with fundraising um where you know just recently um uh Piglet, a pink, pink Piglet Puppy, uh, just raised almost $800 for us by selling tote bags on, on Instagram. And she's here today. She's a blind and deaf, smaller version of, of Brielle over there. Um, so it's been cool to have the involvement of different animals who uh, have a, a really strong social media presence to help raise money.
2: Um, Sally, are there any obstacles that come between you and your organization's mission? And if there are any, what is your plan to
3: overcome them? I think we touched, you just touched on it a little bit. I mean, that fundraising is definitely a challenge because there are so many worthy nonprofits out there to support. I mean, there are fabulous rescues and shelters, and there are a lot of organizations that help pets with different diseases. And so, I mean, that's definitely a challenge, but if you're really pure and true and you have passion for your mission, you're gonna meet other people that share that passion. Um, And I think that you know we're still in the beginning, so, You know, there's challenges just starting out, getting going, you know, and people are wanting a lot of information about us. Well, we've only been doing this for two years, but on the flip side, we've given 27 grants. So there's definitely challenges being a newer nonprofit, getting the word out. And that's when I know we'll be talking about how social media helps us, but that's a huge part of it for us. What people don't realize is that. You know, just the people here in the audience, if you're touched by what we're doing, or if you had a pet with cancer, or you just love animals, something simple you can do for us is find our page and share it and tell people about us. You know, help us get the word out. I think that's, you know, as a newer nonprofit, just getting the word out as much as possible.
2: Do your organizations have a hashtag, specific hashtags that you use, or other ways to? You I mean, know. we
3: hashtag the Brody Fund, we hashtag, as you can see my sweater, I wear Team Brody, so we hashtag Team Brody all the time, fight pet cancer, things like that. Yeah, anything that pretty much pulls in pet cancer or the Brody Fund or Team Brody. yeah.
2: Um, Joey Mervin was rescued from a shelter. What advice do you have for people that might be afraid to visit a shelter? <laughs> They're scared. <laughs>
4: So, yeah, Mervyn was adopted from the ASPCA Adoption Center right here in New York City. And at the time, I was actually working in the shelter. And the biggest thing I would say is to go into the shelter. It is not a scary place. The people there are literally saving lives. So why would you not want to be a part of that? Um, shelters, yeah, just go into the shelter because you're, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you see. I can't even count how many times people would come into our shelter and say, I was so scared, but it's so nice here, all the animals are happy. So yeah, go into the shelter. Shelters are not scary places. They are happy places where lives are saved.
3: I want to second that. As a shelter volunteer, yeah, it's not scary. It's an amazing place.
2: Um, Sarah, a lot of people want to foster, but they're afraid they're going to get too attached to the dog. and keep every dog they foster. What advice do you have for people that are considering fostering?
1: It's a very valid concern. And um, there are, I'm sure, many people in this room who are what's called foster fails. Uh, if you Raise your hand if you've heard of that term, foster fail. So some of you might, yeah, I see some in the audience. Um, it's not an actual failure. It's a term of endearment where you fail as, as somebody who is able to see your foster off to their next home. Um, that's the longer version. And uh, so a dog like Chewy, right now she's living in a home with uh, one dog, a large dog, and three three cats and was also with a different foster dog. And so she is in a, a very full house, and the foster doesn't want to keep her. She knows that she's at her limit. She has a large dog, she has cats, she doesn't need another another dog. Um, so one cool thing is if you already have pets, then it's a nice way to help out without feeling like you're over committing. Um, some people love to try out having a dog that, or or cat, um, having an animal that's unlike what they are able to have long term. So maybe you know that long term you may not want a puppy, but you want to try out having a puppy as a foster for a few weeks. Um, Or you have heard senior dogs are great and you want to give it a go. So Chewy is really uh, making her statement heard here. <laughs> um, but fostering is really an important thing to do in the cycle of the rescue world. It's not just something that you do for a day. It's, it's a lifestyle, it's a obsession. Um, it's a cool thing to do and it's going to help save lives. And it's actually the, the uh, answer to the sheltering problem is getting more animals into foster homes.
2: I just want to add to that, my husband and I started fostering about a year ago. Um, the first dog we fostered, the day it went to its forever home, those two of us seriously cried for like 24 hours straight. We were so sad. Um, but we knew you know, that we would be opening space in our house to foster the next dog. And we did end up failing once. But we knew by, you know, if we failed, we could still continue fostering. So I think it's just finding the right fit. But it happens, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, I actually want to add two things actually, Mervyn's brother Jack is a foster, fail. He's here and he's being really bad over there. <laughs> um, but the ASPCA, we, you know, we definitely, foster is a huge thing in New York City and everywhere and we have a a social media activation called Meow For Now where during kitten season we really encourage people to foster kittens because Neonate kittens are usually the most at risk in shelters. So that's a really good way to get involved. Also is to foster or to spread the message of meow for now and fostering cats during kitten season.
2: Sally, how does the Brody Fund um, help pet owners become informed decision makers for their pets during times of
3: trauma? So uh, for us, we try to stay very involved with the grant recipients. So I'm available. To counsel people, to talk to people, um, I always encourage them because you know what that's like when you get into a vet and then when you leave, you think of all the questions that you should have asked. So we talk to people about being prepared when they go in for the vet visit. You know, have your questions ready. Um, I don't really encourage people to spend a tremendous amount of time on the internet researching pet cancer because it's just going to make you crazy. So. Um, We're a resource. There are really good resources on the internet. You can find, like, um, Colorado State University, or, you know, there's just wonderful organizations that you can go to where you're going to get the proper information. Um, I also really encourage people to have a good relationship with their vet. You know, ask a lot of questions. Don't be afraid. It's good to be informed, but also coming in prepared is really important. It's really helpful for the vet to, for you to come in and bring a pen, bring a piece of paper, you know? So we encourage people to be prepared, know that we're a resource and uh, foster a good relationship with your vet and do not be afraid to ask too many questions. There aren't too many. You know, you really should ask a lot. Joey, what
2: would be the, what would make the greatest difference in helping the ASPCA?
4: Um, hmm. Well, I think it goes for all the organizations up here is there's something that everybody can do, whether it's volunteering, adopting, fostering, donating, or just sharing on social media. There's something that everybody can do, and I think that if everybody just really got involved and did that consistently, the messages would flood, flood the country and would really help everybody.
2: Sarah, how can people in other states get involved with Foster Dogs NYC, and can you talk a little bit about the foster roster?
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, you're a great example, Brittany, of somebody who can get involved from other states is just foster, wherever you are, um, whether you're in Utah or California or Colorado or Florida, wherever you are. There, there is a need for fostering. So while you may not be able to um, be part of our foster roster right now, which is directly um, catering to the New York City audience, there are ways to get involved locally where we just wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be connecting you with the shelter, but you can do it on your own. Um, so find out just with your local uh, municipal shelter or if there are local rescue groups on Petfinder Finder that you seem to like or you've heard good things about. Uh, just reach out and say, do, do you guys need foster homes? So that's a really great way to get involved. If you want to get involved with foster dogs specifically, which I certainly encourage, uh, we need all the shares we can get. So every time you share a photo of a dog that needs a home, that's sharing it with more people who can potentially adopt that animal. Um, And we're also working towards sharing animals all over the country. So our foster roster is local, but our efforts are national. We have a foster dog manual, if anyone wants to learn about fostering and, you know, read a good book, uh, we have our little manual. And we have um, some programs that are gonna roll out in the coming year that are in other states. So stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, please get involved any way you can, and we, uh, by the way, do have remote volunteer opportunities for people in other states to get involved with uh, maybe graphic design or uh, video editing, and, and there are many things that can be done behind the scenes that help Animal Rescue a lot. And the last question is for all of you. What would be a way that people here,
2: and specifically social media influencers with the large following, to spread the message and the word about the work you're doing?
3: Well, right now, it was great because we have, um, if anybody knows who White Coffee Cat is, so White Coffee lives in the same home with Nala, and Coffee's a cancer survivor. So they were able to, for us, being social media influencers, uh, he's our spokescat for Pet Cancer Awareness Month. So they're able to have an audience that's larger than ours because these social media influencers have amazing audiences, very active, very passionate, and it's harder for our cancer fund to reach that many people. So they worked with us for this entire month and helping get the word out. It's as easy as that, or I mean, because the reality is that one in three pets is gonna have cancer. 50% of dogs over 10 are gonna have cancer. So there are so many people that have been out there that have been touched by this for us, so it's a natural fit. So if that was part of your world or you had the experience or you knew somebody, you can passionately share our message and say, you know, I saw Sally Williams of the Birdie Fund speak. I think that what the work they're doing is amazing, and you can share something from our Instagram page, from Twitter, from Facebook, and it really helps us. I mean, when you were talking about remote ways of volunteering, that's a way of volunteering. You're literally volunteering for our organization if you do something as simple as going on and sharing one of our tweets or one of our Facebook posts or one of our Instagram posts, because that just grows our audience so much more. And I can only do so much of the social media all the time. So it's like, we call them our warriors. And it helps us so much. And collaborating, like we've all connected now. and We talked about how I can help her organization and we've talked already. So we network and I, I fully believe in collaboration. I know that there's a lot of, and you probably have experienced this, there's been the, there can be a kind of, a competition and my feeling is there's more than enough out there for all the nonprofits and we can do more together so if we can help each other and collaborate how much more can we do I was wondering maybe we could all say like how we could be reached or followed or you know let everybody know
4: you can reach Mervyn at Mervin the Chihuahua on Facebook and Instagram
2: you can reach Reese at Harlow and Sage on Instagram and Facebook
3: uh, the Brody Fund is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then we share Marlon's story at, at Marlin the Buddha Cat.
1: And uh Chewy is part of the foster dogs team, so we're at foster dogs. Is it foster dogs NYC or foster dogs? So uh, it used to be NYC it used to have NYC but we we have the handle oh, foster dogs. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. no big deal. Awesome. <laughs> Thank, Thank you everybody Thank for coming. You. That was the
0: Making a Positive Change Spotlight on Nonprofits panel from Petcon NYC 2018. To learn more about Petcon and to sign up for our newsletter to find out when the next Petcon will take place, visit Petcon.co. That's p-e-t-c-o-n.co. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider podcast. Talk soon.